You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Tonight we're going to talk, as I was studying for this, I got into a deep rabbit hole. You ever do that? You ever start looking into something and then you just, because we have the internet now, uh, you don't have to get the encyclopedias out, you know, you get to just go on your computer or your phone. And I started going down this really deep rabbit hole, um, and, but I got really excited about what I was studying and what I was looking into, and I feel like God gave me something that I hope will be a help um, to you tonight. I know it was a help to me, um, and I hope I can convey that, that help um, to you in, in your specific life and your specific cir- circumstance. So, um, I'm going to pray first, and then uh, we'll jump into it. Dear Father, thank you for this day, Lord. Thank you for the opportunity uh, to stand here behind this pulpit, Lord, and preach your word. Lord, I pray that you help my thoughts to be clear and concise. Help me to say the things that would be beneficial that you would have me say. Lord, I pray that you be with our pastor, and obviously Miss Yvette as well, as uh, their health is bothering them, Lord. I pray that you give pastor strength. Uh, help him to feel better even tonight and tomorrow morning be able to wake up and feel completely normal. Uh, Lord, I pray that you'll just be with the service this evening in Jesus' name. I pray. Amen. All right, so space, like outer space. Anybody, it, like, does, does anybody get that little bug about outer space, how interesting it is? You know, we have, I've had that off and on going through school and, and studying on my own. And, and as I was thinking about what to preach on Sunday, I got thinking about our church. I got thinking about, you know, some of the people, and I don't nearby know everybody's issues and struggles that they're going through, but I know some. And I started thinking about how people go through tough times, how I've been through tough times in my life, and thinking, well, if God's given me the opportunity to preach, how can I help encourage us? How can I help give some encouragement? And so where does space come, right, for that? That's, that's a weird concept, how is space going to help us. Space is big very big, like huge. Space is very, 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 like there's not enough words to put on very how big space is. And we live on earth, right? Planet earth, that's our home, that's where we live, that's where everything that your life consists of is on earth. And Doug, I got a few slides, if uh, if you don't mind, visual aids, you okay with that? I know it's, I I get good with the teenagers, um, but we're gonna, I got a few pictures here that I'm gonna show just to kind of give you a visual thought of of what I'm going to talk about here tonight. So we're going to push those on, if you would, for me. Good? I would sing some uh, waiting music, but you don't want that. So we'll wait here for some waiting music. Um, As those things come up, for when you think about space, you think about the galaxies that are out there, and hopefully, there we go. Okay, they're coming. Slowly but surely. I don't know if we need to put the lights down a little bit to see them better, just for a short amount of time. <clears throat> but as you can see it coming to focus, there's our solar system, right? Hopefully you can see that. Um, and it's, it's obviously a drawing, right? It's not, not a picture of our solar system because the planets are spread out a lot further. But you can see us there proportionally, the third planet, right? Earth. We're really small even compared to Jupiter, Saturn, and obviously the sun. But we live on this, this planet Earth. This is where everything that you know, your whole earthly life, the life that you're alive and breathe air, will be spent on that planet. And we look at the sunsets, as maybe you drove home tonight, 
and you think of the, the scenery that our world has from around the world, the Rocky Mountains, the beautifulness of the Grand Canyon, the jungles and Amazon, the amazing, beautiful things in this world, just on that little planet that God has created. And we go through the creation story and all the things that God created. He said it was good. He created all the fish, all the amazing animals that are out there, the deepest parts of the ocean that we haven't even explored and seen everything down there. God's amazing. He's, done, he's created an amazing thing and on that little itty-bitty dot. And then you realize, if I can get this to work now, do I have it on? Tech, don't, I heard laughing over there, youth. Don't laugh. It's not okay. It's not going to work. I tested it before we started. Oh, man, this is embarrassing. On, turning. Oh, no. This is going to not help. Doug, I, Andrew, if you just want to hit the right arrow, that would, that'll work. There. So there's the Milky Way, right? You can see that. That's a real photo. That's not a drawing. For those that were on the camp out with the men and the boys, we, you could even see here in South Dakota. You could go up on a hill and it's dark enough, no outside lights, where you can see, not that well, but you can see the Milky Way. You can see the stars. There's so many of them and the gas that's out there. It just looks like a milky white substance in the air. And that's the Milky Way that we're part of, right? Our solar system. So there's a little bit of science class tonight. We're part of this solar system, this, and that's part, just part of the Milky Way. Look at all those stars just in that frame and planets that are there. Go one more. There's another view of it. That's from California. The view of, of a sunset and then the Milky Way, and they've obviously messed with the lighting so you can see it, but look at the vastness of that. It's huge. Go one more for me. And then this is a drawing. But our, the Milky Way is, is like a disk, right? And there's a bulge in the middle, and all the galaxies and all the stars that are part of the Milky Way galaxy spread out kind of like in a pinwheel disk shape. And we're in one little section of that. Go one more for me. That little circle, if you can see that, that's, again, this is a, a drawing, but that's, that's where we exist, and, that, and that's the Milky Way. That's where we exist within the Milky Way, within that. You could probably even get that circle even smaller. And that's, our, that's where this earth, where you live, where you go to work, where you go to bed, where you go drive on your vacations, where you have the relationships you have, all exists right in that little circle. And I think we have one more after this. Go one more for me. This is a, a photo taken from the Hubble telescope, which is going around earth. It's above our atmosphere, so it gets really good pictures. This is not our galaxy. This is not the Milky Way. This is a completely different galaxy there. And then this is the last one here. As we sent the Voyager satellite out back in, I think, can't remember the year. I think it was the 70s we sent it out. And this is as it's, as it's passing Neptune. It was the last thing it's, it was supposed to do is take pictures of Neptune. When it got past Neptune, they turned the Voyager around and took a picture of where we're from. And that little itty-bitty dot right there in the ray of sunshine, that's Earth from Neptune. And as it says, it's 3.7 billion miles away, and that's, that's us. That's you, that's me, that's everyone you know, that's everyone you've ever known, that's where you will spend your whole life on that itty-bitty pale blue dot on the great cosmos. All right, if, if we could get the lights back on, that's the last slide for tonight. So, for me, as I look through these things and study, I started getting perspective. Think about your day, today, just today. 
Was it stressful just getting here tonight? Getting off work, having to get ready, having to eat, get the kids ready maybe, rush here to be here to sit and be like, oh. and then you're like, pastor's not even here. It's this guy again? All right, well, I'm already here now, so here we go. We have days like that, right? We have days that are just, the world is this big for you. It's everything in your circle has been chaotic and heavy maybe and tough and hard. And maybe you've had a good day and it was a great day and everything went well. And we live our day, tomorrow's Thursday, and we already know what we got to do. We got to work. We got to take care of the bills. We got to do this for the kids at school. Our lists of things that are our life. And everything that happens to us happens on that little itty bitty dot, just floating out in space. And as I studied this, and I listened, I don't know if any of you have done any studying, Carl, I guess Carl Sagan, it was a, a guy that was an astronomer and he was really into all these things. He was agnostic, he was, he was wrong in a lot of things that he, he thought was studying the space, but the things that they saw and the things that they found and some of the pictures that are available to see are mind-blowing and how big the universe we live in truly is. It's, it's a massive. And uh, as we look at, I'm going to get into some numbers, so stay awake. I know it's tough. We're going to do some science here. Obviously, we're on Earth, third planet from the sun. The sun is 93 million miles away, 93 million miles to, to our star. And if you drove 80 miles an hour, if you're driving like you were down I-90, I you drove 80 miles an hour to get to the sun, right? Just forget all the, you know, oxygen and roads and stuff. But if you could do that, it would take 1,162,500 hours to get there or 48,437 and a half days, or 132 years. It would take you driving at 80 miles an hour, which is probably one of the fastest speed limits in the country, driving your car, take 100, 132 years to get to the sun. And, this, and when we expanded out and pulled back and pulled back, you, you, you couldn't even determine what the sun was versus other stars because there's so much out there. And we look out at the stars as you leave tonight, and if it's the clouds are gone and it's a little clear, you can see a handful of stars, and you're just like, wow, that's way out there. And for your eyes to see what's there, you don't even, we don't even realize what's even further. So when they start dis, you know, measuring distance by light years, traveling at the speed of light, you guys remember, you guys, anybody learning this in school, the speed of light, how fast is the speed of light? The, the light travels at 186,000 miles an hour. So for the, the light to leave the sun to get to the earth, 186,000 miles an hour is how fast light travels in a vacuum through space. Falling asleep yet? You still with me? Okay. So when you think about how big, I hear you giggling back there, when you think about how big everything is, how big the Milky Way just itself is, and you realize they, whoever they are, have estimated there are between 100 and 400 billion stars just in the Milky Way. 100 to 400, I know it's a big, long, that's a big, you know, one end to the other. But even if it was just 100 billion stars, plus another 100 billion planets just in our Milky Way, just our one galaxy. And that's, that's that pinwheel shape. I, I did some baking today. Um, to give you a visual, another visual representation. I'm just all about illustrations of visual aids tonight. So there's the Milky Way. It's a pancake with a golf ball in the middle. 
Don't ask. Don't ask. It worked. I made it happen. So there's a golf ball in the middle, and that's how our Milky Way is shaped. It's got a bul- kind of like a bulge in the middle where the galactic center is, and this is the whole, everything, those 100 to 400 billion stars, 100 billion planets, all exist in here. And like that little circle said, if, if we were to find us, we'd have like a grain of salt right about there. That's us, right? That's, that's, where, that's our existence. I mean, you can't even find a grain of salt in your fingers. That's, that's where we exist in this Milky Way, and that's just one galaxy. With our finite ability to study and our, our knowledge as human beings are, there are a lot more galaxies besides just the Milky Way. So, to get from here to here, if you were to travel in a spaceship at the speed of light, 186,000 miles an hour, it would take you, it would be 100 to 150,000 light years from one way to the other. So that's 186,000 times 100,000 is how long it would take to get from one. It's, it's huge. That's my point. My point is it's getting very, very large. Um, and then our solar system, again, is just one solar system in space. Another analogy, and then I think I'm done with the analogies. If we took a quarter, we put it out in the parking lot, set a quarter out in the parking lot, one, Josh Collins would probably go pick it up when you're done, but if you put a quarter out in the parking lot, that would be our solar system, and the entire United States, continental United States, would be the, Gal- the Milky Way. So if you put a quarter, so just say you put a quarter on I-90, right? Right in the middle of I-90. That's our solar system, what we see. The, 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 now that Pluto's no longer a planet, the planets that we learn and the sun, all contained in that quarter in the whole United States is the Milky Way. How insignificant is that quarter to the scope of the 48 continental states? It's small, very small. And then we're even smaller than that because we're one planet. So it's huge. The galaxy is immense. Where we live is amazing. Now, God made this, right? We believe God, when God created the heavens and the earth, that wasn't all earth. Like a lot of it in the Bible talks about what he created here on earth. But he created the heavens and the earth. And he spent a lot of time here on earth. But he created all those galaxies. He created those hundred billion stars just in the Milky Way, plus the other billion of galaxies with their own billions of stars within them. God created all those things. It's almost incomprehensible how big it is. Like, it'll hurt your brain if you think about it too long. It really does. It just, it doesn't compute. It's massive. Take your Bibles, turn to Psalm 147. Yes, we're going to use the Bible. It's not just a science lesson, I promise. There's a point to this. Psalm 147. We're going to use our Bibles a lot going forward here in the next 15 minutes or so. Psalm 147, verse 3 is where we're going to start. Okay, so your God, the God that you believe in, the God that saved your soul, the God that you get to go to heaven when you die someday, he created all these things. He created all these galaxies. He created everything beyond where our eye and our Hubble telescope can see. And verse number 3 of Psalm 147, it says, He healeth the brokenhearted and bindeth up, our, up their wounds. Personal attention. Verse 4, He telleth the number of the stars and calleth them all by their names. Now this verse definitely follows this, the last verse up so well. Great is our Lord and of a great power. His understanding is infinite. So our, our God that created everything, the, hopefully I could, you, 
grasp the way I did with the pictures how, how tiny we really are and how vast God's creation really is. And yet God knows those hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of billions of stars. He has a name for every single one. Our scientists have gotten to the point where we're just giving them numbers with letters because there's just so many. It's A, B, 1, 2, 3. That's that one. And they just catalog them with numbers because there's just so many. But God has a name for every single one. He created every, every single one of those. He created them himself from nothing, just like our planet. But he's got a name for everything. He knows the exact number. He knows the exact number of stars and planets that exist. He doesn't have to estimate 100 to 400 billion. He knows to the decimal how many planets there are and stars. That's your God. He knows that. He knows all of that. He knows exactly in how he knows the number. And verse 5, infinite understanding. It doesn't, there's no end to his understanding. He created those things. And we grasp and spend billions of dollars on how trying to learn how far the galaxy goes, if there's anybody out there. We spend insane amount of money to figure these things out. And God's like, I know the names of every single one of these things. Every single one. I know how many they are. That's, that's who your God is. That's who you believe in. Go to Isaiah chapter 40. Just a couple books to the right. Isaiah chapter 40. Verse number 25. Isaiah chapter 40, verse number 25 and 26. The Bible says, To whom then will ye liken me? Or who shall I be equal, saith the Holy One? Verse 26. Lift up your eyes on high, and behold, who hath created these things that bringeth out their host by number? He calleth them all by names, by the greatness of his might, for that he is strong in power. Not one faileth. God says, who are you going to compare me to? Are you going to compare me to your job? Are you going to compare me to your bank account? Are you going to compare me to the new car you've got? Who, who am I to you? Who do you compare me to as God? Who, who even comes close? There's not a thing, not a person, not anything on this pale blue dot that we live on that can compare to who God is. And we all know this. Wednesday night crowd, every single one of us, Yes, we, you would all agree. But like, yeah, of course, that's my God. But what about tomorrow when the coffee pot breaks and there's no coffee? <gasps> no coffee. We let little things just control our focus, control our life, control our attitude, control our spirit. And God says, who's equal to me? I know all the names of every star in the heaven. The multi-billion stars, galaxies, I know them all. I'm not overwhelmed by any of it, God says. He's, he is strong in power. No one faileth. He, know, he knows them by names. He is mighty. That's your God. And I started off by saying we all have bad days, all bad weeks, bad months, bad years, bad life. Maybe you've had a rough just life. Maybe it's a, a miracle that you found God and you're sitting here in church tonight. You've had a rough life up to this point, and we all have rough days. There's nobody in, in here that doesn't have a rough day. Some more than others, and we focus on that, and we can, and it is hard. 
And I'm not up here to minimize anybody's tough day at all, because we all have them. I have tough days. But when you realize and take perspective of the God you serve, the God that saved you, our problems, even our big ones, can shrink. So if our God created everything, even here on this planet, we started talking about the mountains and the sunsets and the beautiful animals and the beautiful world that we live on, how big is God if he created everything else in space? Now, would they have the term of the, the known or the observable universe? And then there's a point past that that we just can't even, we can't, we can't see. And so we don't know, is there anything there? Does it end? Is there an end to space or does it go forever? We don't, we don't know. We, have, we don't have the technology to get that far. And God says, I'm, I'm way past that. I see it all. I have names for everything. That's, that's the God we serve. That's who is our God. Now, we talk about how big he is, and I gave this example a few weeks ago with the teens, and I've heard this before, and the more I thought about it, the more I think I was wrong. But I've heard numerous times people say God could fit the whole known everything that he ever created in that span of his hand. From his thumb to his pinky, that's where everything that was ever created, all these billions upon billions of things exist, fit right there with God. If that's the case, how big is God if everything ever created is right there? And I, I like that thought and I like that idea, but let's go to John chapter 4. John chapter 4, verse number 24. You may know this verse by heart. I'm sure you've heard it once I read it here. <clears throat> John chapter 4, verse 24 says, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So our thoughts, our brain, the way our brain works, the way we reason things, God doesn't fit into our mold of what big is. God's a spirit. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere all the time at once. It's not a piece of him's over here and he's stretched and he can be over here also. All of God is here and all of God is there and all of God is with you and all of God is in heaven and all of God is everywhere at the same time. So to say that God is big because he can do this with the universe is kind of a misnomer because God doesn't, he exists beyond that. He's, ev- he's huge. He's ev- he doesn't fit into a mold of how big he is or I- I- our ideology of size. God is a spirit. Now think about this, okay? God did all these things. He created all these things. It blows our mind when we think about how big it is. He decided that he cares about his creation here on this planet enough to take the immenseness, the uh, indescribable size that he is of a spirit and come down and become a man. Shrink himself down. If you want to think, honey, I shrunk the kids, right? He shrunk himself down to the lowly, lowly dust ball that we are, that he created. Right? He, he loved us so much, he created us for fellowship. A God like that wants fellowship with us, human beings. Okay, step one, Wow. Step two, we, we messed up. Human race, we sinned. We've been sinning. We're terrible. We, I mean, the human race, if left to ourselves, we're destitute, desperately wicked. And God says, I love them so much that I'm going to become one of them through a miraculous birth, and I'm going to sacrifice my son so that after their life here on this pale blue dot is over, they can still spend eternity with me. And he took his immenseness, the spirit that he is that's bigger than anything we can even comprehend, 
and he became like us for 33 years, lived like we did, subject to the world like we are, and then when it came to it, he gave himself perfectly, died for us, died, sacrificed. Then we know he rose again, and that he defeated death. He defeated the one thing that keeps us here, the one thing that prevents us from spending eternity with him. He defeated it because he cared about us that much. He cared about you that much. I've heard it said, and I've also said it, that if God knew you were the only one that would ever accept him as Savior, the only one in the entire world, I think he still would have done it. Even if you were the only one just to be with you for eternity, just so you could be with him. That's how, God, that's how big he is. So yeah, he's big. He's huge. But not in a physical sense. It's not a size. He's not limited to size. He's not limited to how big he is. So what does that mean for us? I think you, you see where I'm going, what that means for us. But let's go back to Psalm chapter 8. Psalm chapter 8. Verse number 3. Psalm number 8, verse number 3, the Bible says, When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, so he thinks about, when he thinks about the things that we just talked about, the creation that God made, he says, what is man that thou art mindful of him? Who are we that you think of us? And the son of man that thou visitest him. Who are we that God says, you are so important that I'll sacrifice myself? He, he, he considers us. And then he visits us. He came to this earth for us. He's this... He, when I consider everything we just talked about, the cosmos, the universe, the billions upon billions of things that he's named, and we realize that, and then we're like, but this God cares about me. He came to earth for me. And now, even today, he's with me all the time. And he cares about my day. And he cares about my heart. He cares about what I care about. That God that did all those things cares about us individually. If you're having a bad day, that could turn that day around if you really consider. All the billions, all the works of his fingers, what, who are we amidst that great creation? If our planet's a pale blue dot in comparison, just from Neptune, let alone light years further, if our planet's just a speck of blue, how much of a speck of gray, black hair, a little overweight on that blue dot am I? Tiny. I'm not even the size of an ant. We're talking about germs that you can't see. And God says, I care about you. I care about you. Go to Jeremiah chapter 1. Making you use your Bible tonight. Jeremiah chapter 1. Verse number 5. So God cares about us. Hopefully you're getting that and seeing this. And you know this. We all know this. But consider it. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse number 5. He's talking to Jeremiah here. He says, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. And Jeremiah says, Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. 
Verse 7, But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Verse 8, Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Just like Jeremiah, just like God knew Jeremiah before he was, before he was we say, a twinkle in his parents' eye, he knew Jeremiah. Before you existed, God knew you. When you were being formed in your mother's belly, every one of you has a mom. Every one of you were born. God knew you before that happened. And as he's telling Jeremiah here, he knew you and he had a purpose for you. He has a purpose for you. He had a purpose for you just like Jeremiah before you were even born. He has a plan for you. He has a job for you. He has something that he has for you to do. That's why you're still alive. If your job was done, you'd no longer need to be here. But God has something for each and every one of you today. And we say this a lot to the teenagers because they got their whole life ahead of them, right? And we say we want them to serve God. God has a plan for you. But adults, parents, grandparents, he has a plan for you too. Today, like he has, he has a job for you to do. He has things that he wants for you. It's not just for the young people. God knows what your purpose is. Before you were born, he knew where you would be today. He knew your job day. He knew how your day would go. And he plans your life out. And if you trust him and follow him, like he said to Jeremiah here, don't be afraid of their faces, the people in the world. I'm with you. So God says, don't be worried. There's other places to talk about. Don't worry about what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat, how you're going to go, what's going to happen. Worry about things that matter. God's with you. He is going to go with you. He's with you all the time in the bad days, on the good days, on the really bad days. God's right there. He has a plan for you. And he's saying, I'm the God that created all these things, but I come down and I care about you. That should just, to me, it humbles me. I just want to fall flat on my face to realize that that God cares that much. It blows my mind. Go back to Psalm, Psalm 139. Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14. The Bible says, For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. We can get down on ourselves when we have a bad day, and we could be like, this is my fault. We can have a day that's real bad, and oh man, I messed, I messed up today, that's why my day is bad. I messed up today, that's why so-and-so has, is mad at me. I messed up today, that's why I can't pay this bill. I messed up, so I can't do this. And we need to be responsible with the things that God had given us, but a lot of times as Christians, we can look at ourselves and say, man, I am, I am worthless. I am a speck of dust on a pale blue dot. What do I matter? I'm nothing. I'm nobody. I've just ruined my relationship with somebody in my family. I've ruined my relationship with a friend. I've done something I haven't, I shouldn't have done. And we can get down on ourselves and realize while we are dust, God says we're fearfully and wonderfully made. He made you in his own image. You're not worthless. You're not a terrible person. God loves you in spite of the sin that we have in our life. And God never wants us to get to the point where we're so 
insecure and self-doubt on our own selves that we forget that God made us on purpose. God has a plan for us. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. All of you, all of us, wonderfully made, on purpose, for a reason, by God. The God that created those billions of stars, that we look at some of those pictures, and man, I, I could have put up 20 minutes of pictures. We could have had just a slideshow tonight for all the pictures of nebula and beautiful things, amazing things that God created. But he says, yeah, that's great. I have all their names. I know that. But you, I died for you. you you're wonderfully made. I didn't die for any star. God didn't die for a planet, a chunk of rock floating through space that reflects light real pretty. God died for your soul. So don't ever get so down on yourself that, woe is me. Realize God made you on purpose and you're wonderfully made. He made you. Psalm chapter 33. We're getting close, I promise. Psalm 33. Verse number 13. The Bible says, The Lord looketh from heaven, he beholdeth all the sons of men. From the place of his habitation, he looketh upon all the inhabitants of the earth. He fashioneth their hearts alike, he considereth all their works. God sees you. You ever use that phrase when someone's having a tough time, they're working real hard? I say this to my wife sometimes, because I know she likes it. That's brownie points. But when she's being a mom, like all you moms are, super mom, cooking, cleaning, she teaches homeschool and all the things that she does, and I just say, I see you. I see you. Meaning, I know what you do. I see what you do. I, I appreciate it. I see you. God sits above the heavens. He sits in his habitation. He looks at us. He looks at all the hearts of men, and he says, I see you. And we could be like, oh no, God sees me. I better be careful. But he's saying, I see you. You're important to me these billions, he sits above all that. So if we talk about the known and observable universe and he's beyond that, he still focuses all his attention on this tiny blue dot, pale blue dot, and then focuses it all on us. It says, I see you, I care about you, you're important to me. Amongst all those things, he's focused on us and he sees you. Again, our days can be tough. We can have really hard days. We can have a rough go of it. God says, I see you. I'm watching you. I care about you. Go to Luke chapter 12. This is the last place we're going to go tonight. Luke chapter 12. Verse number 4. Luke 12, verse number 4. The Bible says, And I say unto you, my friends, be not afraid of them that kill the body, and after that have no more they can do. But I will forewarn you, whom ye shall fear. Fear him which after he hath killed hath power to cast into hell. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two farthings, and not one of them is forgotten before God? Here's our important verse, verse 7. Even, but even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. And we've heard that, and we've heard that God watches the sparrow. He knows if a sparrow falls, and God's saying, Every hair on your head is numbered. And I used to read that verse and go, man, that's awesome. I have a lot of hair. Sorry for some of us that wouldn't take them as long to count. Okay, but it's okay. God, you're beautiful. God made you marvelously. But I used to think, man, that's a lot. I mean, 
If I tried to count my hair, one, it's hard because I can't see. But if even I tried to t- count my kids' hairs, how hard, how hard would that be? And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. God loves me. He knows the numbers of hairs in my head. And then I do these study and I go, oh, like that's real hard for God. He knows the, the numbers of the billions and billions of stars and has names for them all. Of course he knows how many hairs are on my head. Of course he knows that about you. He, he's saying, I know how many stars there are. I know the names of them all. Yes, you're worth more than sparrows, but you're worth more than all those stars and all those planets. And he has names for all of those. Of course he knows the hairs on your head. Of course he knows your life. Of course he knows what you're going through. Of course he cares about those things. It's, duh. Yes, he loves you that much. So when life on this pale blue dot is hard, it's tough, it's depressing, it's scary, the future is uncertain, God knows you. God made you. He sees you. He formed you. And he knows your life. He knows your life. The heavens and the earth will pass away. This planet, gone in fire. The, the heavens, all of the universe, one day will, poof, be gone. And God will give us a new heaven and a new earth. He says that. So everything that is in existence will disappear, but you won't. You will live forever. Now you can live forever in hell, you can live forever in heaven. That's our decision to make. But God will let everything he's ever created be destroyed, except for you. He loves you that much. He cares about you that much. So when you're having a bad day, realize the God that created the billions and billions and billions of stars and planets sees you, cares about you, knows your life, has a plan for it. Things don't happen by accident. He always knows. And then on the flip side, just shortly, remember when we have a great day, when life is carefree, when the bills are paid, there's money in the bank, no one's sick, everyone's healthy, the car is not broken down in ages. We don't, even, don't say it out loud because you never know, but everything's great. And man, how great. I'm healthy. I'm making so much money at work. Work's going great. Look at me. Man, life is good. Remember, God. Without him, none of that's possible. Without him, you could be sick. Without him, things could not be going good. Because of God's mercy and grace to us, you can have good days like that. And we should be grateful when those days come and say, it's not because of me, not because I'm so awesome, God, that I've I can go work and look at how smart I am with my money and how wise I've been with planning and say, God, thank you for giving me the ability, the opportunities, because if it weren't for you, I couldn't do these things. So the good in your life is because of him, and the bad in your life isn't without him. He knows you're there. So I hope tonight has been encouraging. I hope it's been humbling, and I hope you understand that God loves you. He cares for you. Even on this pale blue dot, God cares for you. I went a little late, so I'm going to pray, and then I'll just let us be dismissed, okay? Let's pray.